0: Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick, Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 This is the Bulldozer, Matt Tremont, and if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m. Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. The Acoustic Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. The shit is bananas, well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Fine, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your gym, fella. This is Greg Excellent, here to Dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Give a nigga a rope like that, cowboy. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but now look at that You homie. Fuck that. Black D. This is bullshit, <laughs> man. <laughs> Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick K-K-K- Radio. I said, didn't I tell your punk ass boy he couldn't handle no goddamn cookie? Are uh, you listening when I tell the faggot he couldn't handle? No. Now I'm telling your short ass he can't handle no goddamn milk cookie.
1: Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, Cat Morris, back with you on a Tuesday. Um, tomorrow I have my, my tattoo lined up. So um am going to be doing the start of my striped gremlin tattoo. I'm very excited about it It's going to take a lot of work Um, So we lay down the foundation tomorrow So I'm really excited about that Um, Been kind of a crazy week uh, Since I last talked to you Well, on uh, Saturday I went out and I ran My last race of the season The fifth Tough Mudder That I've run to date Um, I've been doing them Since 2013 uh, this is the first one that I've actually done in the summertime, and that's the way it's going to fucking stay, because this was an enjoyable race for me. Um, I've done them in October, and that fucking sucks. Um, there's a lot of water involved, and um, yeah, it just it blows. So, um, let me see. Jesus, I know I had a... All right. So, um, yeah, that that was a lot of fun. It was hot, but... I I had no problem with it as far as the heat went. Um, um, Let me see. Where do I start? Uh, Well, the two obstacles that stood out to me that I was kind of focusing on, like, all right, these are going to me. I must conquer these fucking obstacles. Um, Number one was the funky monkey revolution is what they call it. Um, The funky monkey initially was monkey bars. Um, you know, when they started up this Tough mutter thing, it was monkey bars and they would do it where the monkey bars graduated all the way up to the top and they came all the way back down. So they go up probably 25 feet or so. Um, you know, but they go upwards and not often do you climb monkey bars that go upwards. So, um, this is, this is what that is. Um, they obviously stepped it up year after year and, um, they uh, they made it so now you go all the way up to the top. And this is suspended over water. So if you fall, you, you drop in the water. Um, you go all the way to the top. And then at the top, you have to um, transfer over to a wheel. And the wheel is like um, horizontal. You know what I mean? And uh, the wheel turns when you grab it. So you grab it, you got to go from those monkey bars to this wheel that turns. So now it turns that way. Um, And as you turn, you know, you spin around on this wheel. Now you have a big, tall, horizontal wheel. And when you grab that motherfucker, it's going to go, you know. So uh, you got to transfer from the, um, let me see, horizontal wheel to the vertical wheel. That's what I meant. Vertical. So you grab that shit and now it swings down and you got another wheel just like it to grab. And then from there you transfer it to like a pole and you shimmy you know, the pole and you're done. But that's that's a lot of fucking um transitioning, you know what I mean, as far as the uh you know, moving from this object to that object in the air and it's tough, you know what I mean? So I was really um you know, focused on getting that shit down. And, uh, I was very, very happy with the fact that I did, I nailed it. Um, so there, there was that, that was a huge challenge. The other thing that had my eyes on was, uh, an obstacle they called Kong, which is a new obstacle. Well, this is, um, like the ring swings, you know, like the, uh, rope with a ring on it. Um, but it's 30 feet up in the air so with like a crash pad underneath so and the last obstacle of the race so you know i mean you should be somewhat tired by this time or whatever but you have to climb up like a big kind of like a pallet wall type thing but it, you know it goes up gradually so that really shouldn't be any any sort of challenge to you at that point um it's it's a very easy climb as far as the climb goes but then you know obviously uh the intimidation of just swinging out onto you know, rings 30 feet up, which is, you know, fucking scary. Uh, It's pretty high up to just trust your arms and whatever you got to swing out there. And, uh, you know, there's a crash pad, but, you know, if you ever watched any of those uh, wipeout shows or any of those type of things, uh, the crash pad doesn't always save you because you can hit the edge of the thing you're jumping off. You can hit the edge of the thing you're supposed to land on and it's going to be bad times. So, um, but anyway, I, I got right across that without a problem. And um, yeah, I thought that was awesome. They had another obstacle that was new that was called a snot rocket, which is pretty cool. Um, you have to go under the water, and you have about two feet between the top of the water and like a little chain link fence. So, you, you know, you, you, I guess, float, you know, whatever. It's not really like that deep so you go under and um you go into a big tube it kind of looks like i don't know i guess like a big sewer tube like a but it's it's you know i guess small enough where you could be claustrophobic or whatever there's water pouring down the tube so you have to climb up this tube that goes straight up and down And there's like a, like a wooden board on the one side with notches in it. So you can, you know, put your feet in it to climb up and the water's like pouring down from ahead, um, from overhead. Um, very easy obstacle as far as I'm concerned, but you know, um, obviously something you've never fucking done before, unless you work like in the sewer department or something, you know, that to be climbing up something with water pouring down on you and in like a small tube it's it was cool I, I liked it because it was you know some some wild new shit um they do a lot of that stuff like that that you know it's visually impressive but you know if you really just put you know a little bit of this it's not bad at all um so yeah there was that i conquered every obstacle on the course the only thing i didn't and this is to the fault of the um the tough mutter course itself uh the people who built it they uh they they brought a lot of new obstacles as they do every year. One that they introduced was called uh, the stage five clinger. And um, it was like a pallet wall. You climbed up. And when you got to the top of the pallet wall, it was straight up and down. um, There were monkey bars overhead. So you had to go, you could either climb backwards with the monkey bars, or you could turn your body around from the pallet wall and climb forward. And there was probably about mm, six, or eight monkey bars, but they were tight. They were, like, pretty close together. Um, from there, you'd have to, again, if you spun yourself around to go forward, um, you'd have to spin yourself around again because you have to climb, like, up and over the edge of this. So you'd kind of have to do, like, a muscle-up, if you, anyone knows what that is, to get up over the thing. Or, if you, you know, if you're going backwards, then you can just kind of climb up and over that way so you know i'm i'm good upper body wise that way so i knew it would be an obstacle i'd I'd have no problem with crushing but when i got to this obstacle um there was a line of i'd say probably about 200 people there and you know you just come to a dead stop and i waited probably 20 minutes and the line barely fucking moved like barely fucking moved so I mean, I did the math on just what we were looking at, and I was looking at probably an hour and a half, two-hour wait just to do that obstacle. So I skipped that motherfucker because I, I'm, you know, the the race only took me a couple hours. I would have doubled the amount of time that that race took me just waiting to do one obstacle, and that sucks too because like you know, you do Spartan races and stuff, you'll hit like a crazy ass incline and you'll power up that incline and power up and power up and your legs are tired as fuck. So when you get to the top of that mountain, you know, you'll sit down for five minutes, 10 minutes. You're not going to stop moving for fucking an hour. That'll fuck your whole momentum up. So it just, there was nothing worth it about it um as far as the Tough Mudder races go they don't time you and um they also like encourage in the beginning if you're not comfortable with an obstacle just walk around no problem where like the Spartan races there's like a there's like a penalty if you don't finish the obstacle you got to do 30 burpees and shit like that so again I would have no problem with doing that obstacle five times in a row but the fact that it was going to lead me to a two-hour wait Fucking cross that off the board. That was it. I I waited like a twenty minutes and and hoped for the fucking line to start speeding up at some point, but that shit wasn't happening. So, so I was uh very very happy with the way Tough Mudder went. Um, like I said, this is my fifth one I've done, and uh, I'm definitely gonna be doing them yearly in uh, Long Island. It wasn't nearly as bad of a drive as I thought it was gonna be. Um, the way home they kind of steered us in a different direction into that bullshit New York traffic. I can't fucking stand New York. Um, the the fact that everything just comes to a fucking standstill, I I mean, I think the traffic in New York could easily explain the murder rate. I, I just don't think that there needs to be any other explanations because it, for you to just sit in the fucking car while your gas just goes away and staring at the same fucking five vehicles for like a half hour, I, I don't think that's a normal human function. I just don't. I think like you, you should either I don't know maybe maybe people in New York just learn to go into like temporary comas or something I I don't know how they fucking tolerate that I don't have the patience for that shit I don't like waiting it, it's fucking it's crazy I I don't like that shit at all so fuck all of that um but yeah uh the venue was fucking beautiful uh, it was like a kind of like a it was like a historic village part of it was uh you know as is so you saw like old ass houses that you know would still be deemed a mansion like big as fuck and like the bottom windows are all like still like blown out and shit i don't know why they wouldn't like put new glass in there but um you know it's historic so i guess i have to leave it i just feel like that's just gonna go away a lot sooner that way but what do i know i don't have one of those houses so. um but yeah there's like a lot of like farmland on the course where like motherfuckers were straight up out there farming like fucking cabbage and all sorts of shit, you know, um, yeah, it was, it was, a uh, you know, real pretty area, and, uh, the course is really, really nice, so, uh, I enjoyed it, do it again next year for sure, that'll be my, my spot to do Tough mutter because I've had enough of that cold weather, Tough mutter bullshit, I've done enough years of that, um, so then, yesterday, uh, I get back to work from my two days off, and, uh, normally only have one, and, I bust my motherfucking head open. I cracked my fucking head open. Um, I had a top cage open and I was doing a bottom cage and I went to pop up and popped up where the fucking cage door was open. And I've done that so many times over the years. You just get fucking moving, you're in the you know, you're thinking about something else doing what you're doing, you forget the fucking door is open above you, you pop up, bam, hit your head. I've hit my head so much fucking harder than, than how I did yesterday. And for whatever reason, I, I guess I caught the wrong angle or some shit, and it cracked me the fuck open. I, uh, you know, you hit your head. You know, like your hand immediately flies up and like rubs the spot that you hit. Like ooh, you know. So I, I did that, and then I looked at my hand, and uh, I had like a little bit of blood on my finger. I'm like, ah, oh, it must have nicked myself or whatever. And like a second later, I feel like it fucking <laughs> pouring down the side of my head, like down the side of my face. I feel like blood running down my face. I'm like, oh fuck. So I reached up with the hand again and now I had like a handful of blood. I was like, Oh shit. So, you know, um yeah, it was like a couple inch fucking gash opening, whatever you wanna call it. So, you know, they, they sent me down to the fucking uh you know, workman's comp doctor over there by the hospital. Um, so they you know, they, they wanna go through their guys. So you go over there, wait in their fucking waiting room, then I get in there and she looks in and she's like, Yeah, Yeah, you're gonna need stitches. We don't do that here though, so you're gonna have to send you over to the ER. So now I gotta go to the fucking ER. So which is just like right up the block, but the fact that I had to go two spots to get one thing done is fucking stupid. So um so yeah, that's that's was my next stop. I went over there. Uh they put three staples in it and sent me home. Well, sent me back to work. I went back to work. Um Yeah, so it is what it is. Um i've never had staples in my head before so that's uh that's a new thing um so yeah it's all right um what the fuck i got a bunch of different topics to go over um i had people you know send in the the topics and stuff and i got a good fucking list of shit here i also um I, I gotta cover this thing that happened At On Point Wrestling I'm probably gonna save that Let me get my uh, fucking momentum up Cause I'm, I'm pretty fired up about this bullshit man And I'm not fired up on the side of things That a lot of fucking people online are Because um, the internet and society As a whole has really turned into A bunch of fucking pussies Hypocritical pussies at that And um, I, I fucking had it And it, you know it's shit like this That completely turns me off from From uh, And you know wrestling crowds or crowds of that sort and just really dealing with people in mass because you know you this opinion just starts to echo and echo and echo and i'll i'll get further into it it's being very vague what i'm doing right now so i'll i'll leave that and i'll be as possible as i always do so um you know let me um let me hit this break real quick take a sip of my motherfucking uh cold brew coffee this is the fucking move man i've been drinking a cold brew coffee and i've been going to dunkin donuts and starbucks and even wawa's got some decent shit going on right but it's all fucking trash compared to make it eat your fucking self um they they have these little um uh you know containers or whatever the fuck pictures and um it's got like a like a mesh filter kind of thing down the middle, like a tube. And it's got like, you know, mesh in there. And you put like, I don't know, 12 to 14. Tablespoons of whatever ground coffee that you drink. You put that in there. You fill the rest with water. You fill the whole thing up with water and you fucking stick it in your fridge for 24 hours. And you got the bomb ass fucking cold brew. Shit tastes crisp. It gives you a fucking kick. You know what I mean? And and you know, you pour it over ice, maybe cut it with a little water because it's gonna be fucking potent, you know? And uh fucking go at it, man. Good shit. Um so yeah, there's that. Uh where the fuck are my songs? Two Royce songs up here and uh you know, sometimes you just put this shit up and they they find their own reason to uh reclassify it or put it somewhere you don't need it. All right, here we go. Check it out.
2: My nigga King Los just tweeted out he the best. So high know he the best. My nigga So say he the best. And even though I think these guys are three of the freshest ever, I look at opinions like I look at licking an asshole. I respectfully disagree with that. with For example, where's the competition? For example, where's the competition? For example, where's, where's the competition? There is no competition. I like guns mode. You the type to knife. I mow the candy paint type, you mow the Mike and Ike. I'm from the mo. I mow the type to drive the ghost tonight like I'm the Pope to Geist. Embracing crime like I'm supposed to die. The face of crime like I'm the closing eyes, post the guy. I'm old, the type to hold the dough, I'm nice. Call me so polite, dog, you most and ice. Prototype of pulverizing mics, avoid roller coaster ride, too polarizing, alcoholic, lows and
0: highs.
2: I'm old, the type to go in sight to rise. Throw hollows and watch them go in your body, as though they got invited. Not in this earth, trying to be godly or death cause I was god at birth. Might as well write a lot of these verses while I'm inside of a hearse. Take your broad, shoulder motors to the front door. They call it shit lurch Probably gon' be the first artist to add a body To his body of work My discography just like a map To wrap a body back Now process that I might just drop a track Right with them hopper hat. My nigga King Loves just tweeted out he the best Style high know he the best My nigga Absol say he the best And even though I think these guys are three of the freshest ever I look at opinions like i look at licking an asshole I respectfully disagree with that We can agree to disagree We can leave it at that Or we can bet Even if Smack ain't got the feet correct any supposedly ill rapper can get it for free. Feared, revered rappers who pay fiasco, tweet a text. Hand on a desert eagle squeezing a reaper's neck. We could go for broke till things get repossessed. We could flow for keeps. Go to either one of us slumped over the speaker's debt. You taking deceased in net. I'm hoping to be the next. Greatest of all time. While these hard lines shake up the web? You facing the ethernet. And no, this ain't no Kendrick control move. This just a flow that never gets old. Melinda Williams and Soul Food. How could you violate somebody who got Chris Lighty wisdom, who never bluffed? them twin rifles is coming out looking like blue ivy siblings better trust Everything on your mind to be on your lap like private dancers trapping. I put three in your cap, it's not a good time to try the chance to chance the rapper. Nah, I'm old school, still trying to dance with Patra. Holes finding the vanity from Last Dragon, trying to romance the master. You need to hire a yes man to talk you off your competitive edge. My foot on the ledge, tripping on all these would've been, could've been, should've been, tearing. Nobody round this bitch is better than me. You the competition, only props I give you is you about good as dead. I don't do memes and bickering, I see you out, swing for the fences. I don't like cooning unless you marry Blige singing for chicken. Y'all hopeless. Every time y'all spit it, I just envision lies. The guards focus. I barred dope with the Lamar Odom already wishing a nigga would. Like Charles Oakley in the Wizard of Oz. My niggas got they rags and sticks in the sky like they hitching a ride. Uh, I'm fitting and counting this drip because I'll be standing for change. This bigger than any kind of redemption. This is Andy Dufresne. The flyest nigga living reside inside the land of the fame. Birthdays that of cake. I keep me a pilot like I'm landing a plane. For example. This is the there's no competition edition, my nigga. Bar exam four. This is the there's no competition edition, my nigga. Bar exam four. This is the where's the competition edition, my nigga. Bar exam four.
1: This is the where in the fuck is the competition, nigga? Yeah, there's uh Royce five nine. Um, like I told you, man, get that bar exam for her. This shit is fucking crazy. Um, let me see, let me see, let me see. I had my topics except then I started reading something else. So I clicked off my fucking thing. All right. Um, Jose Ortega wants to know um, my opinion on there are rumors that after this year, CZW won't be at the flyer skate zone. If it's true, where do you think they're going to run shows at? Um, I've heard that rumor as well. Um, I don't know shit as far as uh, inside or whatever the fuck. Um, But Man, you know it's tough because on one hand uh the flyer skate zone has allowed them to do a decent amount of things um and i mean holds a decent amount of people, but overall see this this is the you know that that strange area because for the vibe of c c w it's the fucking worst thing ever um you know to have teenage girls fucking Skating next door to Britney Spears music, ice skating, you know, fucking 50 feet away from deathmatch wrestling, which, you know, to be fair, it's not deathmatch wrestling. It's, uh, you know, some hardcore stuff at best. And then you got, you know, uh, just wrestling. But either way, CZW as an image historically was a badass outlaw type of group. That's what CZW was supposed to be, whether it was wrestling, whether it was hardcore, whether it was deathmatch. Whether it was comedy, the company still reflected that of a badass outlaw group, which is continuously why I have problems with trying to, um, you know, rewrite history, um, by some of these new fans and wrestlers and, and the image that they're going in a different direction and, uh, they're evolving and that's retarded. Like, that's just, you know, if you have some form of identity, um, so many companies and so many, you know, wrestlers and, and promoters are, are just trying to find an identity, trying to find something that clicks, so, something that catches on, something that actually gains momentum at all. Um, gains a following, gets some kind of rabid, you know, loyal following. CCW had all of those things, has all of those things built off the reputation that they, they built um john zandig created that aura the guys there the nick cages the lobos the wife beaters the the rick blades the justice pains the backseat boys the the ruckus the those guys that were there since early in ccw built that image of a bad motherfucking badass company you know what i mean outlaw not your average motherfucking indie company so, I mean, to take the, the stance that we're going to be more like the WWE, yeah, you and every fucking buddy else. Clearly, everyone wants to be Vince McMahon, but there's one fucking billionaire fucking wrestling company owner, and that's Vince McMahon. I know it's it sounds really cute to just snap your fingers and go, well, I want to be rich like him. Like, fucking so does everybody else. Like, get fucking real and and let's uh, I mean let's deal with reality let's not deal with just what you'd like to be and how like you know when you went to sleep last night you had a dream that you were fucking stupid rich and you had a company that ran parallel to Vince McMahon and you were so successful because your ideas are fantastic better than any indie company ever run on in the history of the indies you you rose from the bottom and became another WWE like that's that's the, I mean, you should wake up from that dream, strap your helmet on and go outside. So you don't hurt yourself. That That's basically what I think should happen. So anyway, the skate zone has never fit what CZW was as, uh, as an identity as, as a, an image. So to move on from there, I completely understand. Now, um, there's different things that, you know they can do there's different avenues they can go. They can continue to just try to do this shit where oh, fucking, you know, WrestleMania is running that weekend. Let's run up against n x t with one of our biggest historic shows, the best of the best. Oh shit, we drew lower than the past fucking ten best of the best. Wow, isn't that amazing? You know that's a dumbass business decision, so I mean, you know the people who are gonna continue to echo this statement that um they're making. Progress in in a different direction. That's not progress. That's fucking. That's that's not a smart business mentality at all. Um. So I mean, they could they can make moves like that are that are going to continue to lose the money. Um. They can just go and try to hit random markets and just you know hope for that to work out. I know. Um. There's some difficult stuff you know with that. You know you can't just like run in someone else's territory and have them them welcome you in obviously you can create business relationships with different companies and then you know run around there and possibly gain some some momentum it's i think it's hard for an average wrestling company to just take the show on the road and get a huge house um you know ring of honors managed to do that uh you know evolve has managed to do that there's a couple of places uh you know house of hardcore they go from you know philly to new york and you know, a couple spots and, and they get big, big fucking houses, but I don't think it's it's just that easy. You know, anytime they pick CZW up and went to Massachusetts or they went to Indiana, I they didn't put a thousand fucking people in the building. Uh, any thousand people in the building that ever happened for CZW was it at, at their home base. So it's difficult, you know, on that front to just say, all right, let's pick up, let's get some fans over here, get over there. Um, PWG, I think, has a very good philosophy on things, and I think they're one of the few companies that are still actually making money off of DVDs, um, which is kind of fucking crazy, but um, you know, having a building that only holds so many fans, and then just packing it to the fucking rafters to the point where you have to turn people away every month, and it becomes like a sought-out ticket, because fucking you want to be in that building. I even though you're obviously going to lose money on the people you're turning away. I think if you gain momentum in that same type of, and I'm not talking like small, like on point wrestling, 120 people and we're all full. I mean, you know, fit 500 people, 600 people and fucking max that shit out every month. Um, you know, do that type of thing. Your building is going to be absolutely fucking rocking. And I'm not saying it's just cake to get five, 600 people every month, but you know, for a company like CZW that easily, easily did that in the past and on their bigger shows had fucking you know a thousand eleven hundred people in in the in viking hall um you know i i think that gains more momentum spreads more word of mouth makes it a bigger deal instead of like half filling a fucking skate zone every month so um i I know this is like a horrible answer to where are they going to go next but um I don't know. That's just kind of my my thoughts on what's next, what building, what should they be doing, stuff like that. That's just just my uh, you know armchair quarterback fucking view on on what I'd like to see them do with it. I'd like to see them bring that. I know it doesn't seem like that's what they're doing at all, but I'd like to see them bring that outlaw vibe back. You know, running whatever joints you need to. But pack the motherfucking building, make it the place to be, make it the place where, you know, if you don't get your tickets early enough, they're going to sell out. I mean, the word sold out is a big fucking draw, you know, obviously too big of a draw if you sold out. But that next month, hearing that they fucking sold out last month, it, it makes people fucking perk up. And you know maybe you sell more high pay-per-views or whatever the case is. This whole TV deal shit to me is overblown, and, and I don't know that um you you should just be banking on whatever TV deals that uh the fucking Dave Marquez is stirring up. Where you know I mean, great if it turns into something, but don't don't fucking base your entire company on what's gonna happen with that because I how much how much of that shit has really panned out? TV deals across the board. For anybody that's not WWE. I mean look at even fucking TNA. I'm not even sure what channel they're on at the moment. Um, Jose Ortega wants to know. How much longer can Tremont keep going at the pace he's going. And he wants to know my thoughts on that as well. Um, Fuck man. Uh, Get well soon to to Matt Tremont. Uh, He's in the hospital now. He's been in the hospital for like fucking three days now. Um not really sure why, um, you know, he had had that, uh, that health problem a while back, you know, something with his pancreas or something. Um, again, I have no idea what's actually going on with him now. So I don't know if it's related to that at all. Um, from what I'm gathering, it's not something from like the wrestling matches he just had over the weekend. Um, but I know that uh, his wife had said when he landed back here, I think it was a flight when he got back here eight a.m. That morning, she made him go to the hospital immediately and he hasn't got out yet. So, um, like I said, uh, get well soon to Matt Tremont, as far as how much longer can he do this for? I'm not Matt Tremont, but my personal opinion is if he fulfills all of these things that he has lined up for this year, if he does, go in there and wrestle fucking Onita, And then he goes to Japan. I don't see a reason why, if he's thinking about wrapping it up, why he shouldn't just close out this year as being the last. You know, and obviously, you, know, you never say never, and the guys can come back and all of that type of shit. But look, I mean, his dream match of Nick fucking Gage, he got it. He got in the ring with John Zandig, got it. He's won every fucking tournament on the planet. He, he's, uh, you know, I mean, Onita is such a huge fucking deal. He gets that, goes to Japan, which is the number one goal of his. It, just, we've checked all these things off the list. And the type of matches he's had this year. What a fucking close to a career, if that's the case. Um, I don't know how he tops this year. I mean, that's one of my biggest, you know, concerns, is you don't come out of this fucking year and turn it down. Because, you know, why would you tarnish the end, you know, with something less than the best? Right now, he is putting out the fucking largest caliber of Matt Tremont matches. So, I mean i had understand not being able to do this year again but I wonder you know what would be the focus of doing a lesser year as your last year so um, I don't I don't see him doing it much longer he said it himself that he doesn't know how much longer he could do this and stuff like that and I, I just think that um, this is the fucking year for him he is just fucking killing it out there and like I said I, I really hope he recovers well from whatever's going on with him I, You know, I know this is how he makes his living and everything, but I, I'd love to hear that he gets out of the hospital very soon and, and skips every fucking booking up until that Oneida match. Rest the fuck up. You know he's going to go in there and fucking damn near die in that match up against the legend Oneida. He's supposed to wrestle Slack wrestle Schlack, uh, on Saturday at fucking uh, Game Changer Wrestling. Come on. Like, come on, you know, as, as much as I'd like to see that match. The fact that this dude was in the hospital for fucking three days and counting right now. Yeah. I, I don't think fucking he, he should be in there with Schlack trying to fucking live up to those standards of, you know, uh, Schlack is, is the fucking most exciting wrestler out there right now. He is the biggest draw in death match wrestling, he has got all fucking eyes on him. What is he going to do next? And Matt Tremont is the fucking measuring stick in Deathmatch wrestling. The guy who has won every fucking tournament who has carried companies on his fucking back when all the other guys went away and, and deathmatch wrestling was at a low, he became the fucking guy from, from becoming one of the guys and getting his foot in the door and, and going up against some of the top guys in deathmatch wrestling at the time. And becoming accepted to almost everyone fading to the back and him putting the fucking genre of deathmatch wrestling on his back. I mean, when you get first time ever, Schlack versus Tremont one-on-one, I don't think you come out of four days in the hospital and just fucking take it easy in a match like that. And Onita is right around the fucking corner. I mean, it's next fucking weekend, right? Isn't it the 5th? I think it's the next fucking weekend. Like Jesus fucking Christ. I worry about that dude. Um so that's that's uh my opinion on that. Um uh Ty C. Williams has so many questions and I fucking and I love this this uh string of questions here. Uh my thoughts on Kyrie Irving. Um I this shit surprises me, honestly. Because I thought this was the fucking one-two punch that all they had to do is, you know, stack a couple pieces, get a couple, you know, things that worked out better, that gelled better with with, uh, Kyrie and LeBron. And I thought this this was the fucking crew as far as Cleveland went. Um, Kyrie's a fucking monster. He, I mean, he carried that team anytime the LeBron lost a little bit of the fucking handle on carrying that team. Kyrie picked that shit up and put it on his back. So I, I, it really surprises me. Um, I I guess I don't blame him because you know, the world is his, he's one of the best fucking guards in the league. So, um, you know, if he sees an opportunity to go out, get a fucking huge fucking contract lock in somewhere and become the guy for a team, um, I mean, fine. Um, I I guess there's rumors of LeBron going somewhere in 2018. And there's – I I guess there was some fear through Kyrie Irving that he was going to get left behind in Cleveland. So I I don't know how much truth there is to that type of thing. I don't know that that LeBron's leaving Cleveland again. Um, Maybe he is. Who fucking knows? Again – I, I didn't blame him the first time. I wouldn't blame him the second time, especially since he came back and gave his fucking home team fucking titles. So, um, yeah. Um, that That's my opinion on that. I, I don't know. It, it's kind of shocking. I think uh, Cleveland's going to fucking shake things up and do everything they can to bring in legitimate contenders. They just signed Derrick Rose, which – uh I I haven't had big fucking hopes for that guy in a long time. You know, he was a fucking MVP and then he was injured every fucking year pretty much. Uh the Knicks picked him up. I laughed when the Knicks picked him up. So I can't not laugh when the fucking Cavs picked him up. Uh he's definitely not the answer to Kyrie Irving not being there I saw some articles that compared their skill set and this and that and though he's injury prone he has a similar to skill set to Kyrie get the fuck out of here that dude ain't making it through a fucking season without getting hurt if he's the main guy so they they need a fucking answer they need several answers they need Allen Iverson the answer they need some some kind of motherfucking Allen's a little but you know I'm just saying in general, um, there's going to be a new-look fucking Cavs team. If if Kyrie Irving's not there, there's going to be big star power there. They're not – because I'm telling you, they don't build the fucking right team around, Le- around LeBron, and there's a thought that he might leave anyway. You could fucking stamp his motherfucking bus ticket out of there. <laughs> you know, you ain't going to give him some bullshit team next year. Um, First rap album I bought. All right, well – um. The first rap album I got um, was King of Rock, I believe. Let me see. Uh, Run DMC, King of Rock. Um, That was the first one I got. Someone gave to me. Um, When I was living in Woodbridge, I was fucking probably like six years old or some shit like this, seven, I mean, young, um, then the first rap album I bought was, he's the DJ, I'm the rapper, DJ Jazzy Jeff, and the Fresh Prince, um, and motherfuckers get it fucked up, man, because Will Smith obviously became, you know, one of the biggest stars in Hollywood, and you know with the summertime and all that shit just became somewhat of like a cheese ball rapper and you know the wild west and all that bullshit and it just became just kind of uh you know standard radio play rapper and he, he became somewhat of a joke in the rap industry but in the 80s will smith was a bad motherfucker man he was on the mic ripping shit and um Jazzy Jeff was doing some wild shit on the fucking turntables and the beatbox, and I mean, they were throwing shit down. I don't give a fuck what nobody says. As far as the eighty go, eighties go, fucking Fresh Prince was killing it, man. So, um, yeah, but that that was uh that was the first that I actually bought. Um, did I ever own a pair of Jordans? And if so, which ones? Ah, I. Think think i might have but i can't even remember which ones um i i mean i might not have honestly i it could have went either way i was i was never a michael jordan fan i always hated that motherfucker um he obviously i'm not gonna question his fucking talent he was awesome i always thought he was a dickhead and um i i never really fell into the everyone loves this guy. Like everyone loves this guy made me not like a guy, you know? And Michael Jordan was that guy that, you know, um, you know, seven out of 10 kids in school or walking around with Michael Jordan, t-shirts and fucking shoes and, and this and this. And it made me not fucking like Michael Jordan. Um, on top of that, I just, I just thought he was a dickhead. And then, you know, when he, um, when he ran up such fucking gambling debt, and um, kind of forced himself out of the NBA. The NBA asked him to fucking take a step aside because he was being investigated, and um, then he jumped over to baseball. And uh, right after the window closed for his investigation, he decided, oh, baseball's not for me. I'm coming back. And then uh, some, like, shady shit happened with his dad getting killed that was, like, you know, it looked like a fucking hit, like like a gambling someone was collecting on a gambling debt by killing his father i you know just my opinion just the way that it looked and and the weirdest fucking shit about him having gambling debt at any point when he was the highest paid motherfucker on the planet so um i don't know i i didn't ever fucking like the dude and um yeah that that's my thoughts on him you know pete rose couldn't get into fucking baseball hall of fame but michael jordan has acted like there was never a problem with gambling at all so get the fuck out of here i mean they they protected him because he was fucking basketball if if michael jordan went down in 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 those fucking times when everyone was on his dick man basketball would have fucking went away like it it, nobody would have gave a fuck about basketball Uh, that i mean that you can't just take the fucking guy out of basketball and and have it be just yeah, everyone keeps moving and goes, Oh, all right, I guess there's other people we could cheer for. And of course there are, but Michael fucking Jordan. Like, come on, man. Um Best Trent Acid match I saw live. Um You know, I I always really, really liked um his matches with Ruckus. Uh I always loved his matches with Homicide. I'm not gonna give you it like a definite. Um maybe Mm -hmm. yeah that's tough i can't give you a definite i'll fucking list a bunch that come off you know off the top of my head uh his matches with homicide were fantastic um the one that he had against homicide where he came out with the braids to what up gangster in the in the arena that was off the fucking chain um i just watched it with my seven-year-old about a month month and a half ago um and she liked it too um uh, the the matches with Ruckus um were really good. I think he had one at Cage uh, of Death three. I wasn't there live for that one though. So what the fuck was the name of that show? It was Enough is Enough. I think that was the one. And there was a really good Ruckus uh, Trent Acid match on that. Um, the, the Backseat Boys versus fucking the hate club was always fucking awesome. Backseat boys versus any combo of Rick blade and somebody were always really fucking good because those guys were innovating like crazy. The first time I saw those guys, they were in fucking Tom server, New Jersey over here. And it was, um, Nick Burke or Nikki Benz at the time. Um, he would work that outside of CDW. Um, it was Nikki Benz and fucking Rick blade Versus the back seats. And they were doing just fucking like edging Christian Hardy Boy ladder spots in front of like 50 fucking people in a gym in Tom's River. It was just just shit like that always stuck out to me. Um, Obviously, you know, uh, Trent went on to have like such tremendous matches with all sorts of motherfuckers. I mean, he had a great match with Jerry Lynn in the arena. Um, I mean, just, just so much good shit that he had. But uh, I mean, those are the ones that just stand out to me like right off the bat. Some of my favorite trend acid matches is matches with Homicide and Ruckus, the hate club, uh, Blade, everything with Blade. Um, you know, and the, the thing with Rick Blade, like, he was never, like, the, the most crisp dude. Like, he botched a lot of stuff. But in the same token, like, he was so fucking risky, um, unpredictable, and, and the dude would just take, like, you know, the highest risk in a match. And the, the innovation was all there. Innovation, I think, goes a long, long way. So, um, you know, you can keep doing the same thing, same thing, same thing, same thing, but if you're the guy that you never know what the fucking guy's going to do, I, I think that really um, gets the attention of fans. It got my attention early on as an indie wrestling fan. So, um, do I think Sick Nick Mondo will be making a comeback to wrestling? Um, Previous to this week, I would say no. Um, I saw he had, it's called like pro wrestling wrestling or I, 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 something like that. He had this, I don't even know what to call it. I guess it's a match. Um, there was a guy dressed like a box of Chinese food. There was uh, him. It was pepperoni Tony. That was... uh. Or Tony Pepperoni. Something. That was Nick Mondo. Um This is not Sick Nick Mondo. This might be slick Nick Mondo, but this was not Sick Nick Mondo. Um pretty fucking ridiculous. Um it was very uh Kaiju Big Battle ish, Shakara ish. Um and you know, he said it like, "Yeah, I was in the area and have nothing to do, yeah uh these guys are cool, da, da, da. but for a guy who was so dead set on staying out of the ring because he thought about it and he thought about it. And it was something that he would, he knew he would have to dedicate too much to. And he didn't want to, he didn't want to dedicate too much time to wrestling, knowing that the commitment he would put into that, he would feel obligated to continue this commitment. The fans would want so much. He would put so much into it. And if he got a break in, you know where he makes movies he would have to leave that and he didn't want to leave one or the other high and dry he didn't want to put in that dedication and that work and he's been putting in that dedication and work into his movie making stuff so um he didn't want to do a one-off match he didn't want to do anything like that if he was going to make a comeback he said he wanted to come back bigger and better than the last time Um, I know Joey Janela has been trying to bait him into coming back. And uh, I feel like if he does come back, that's absolutely fucking happening. Uh, I think uh, he even mentioned in his – he posted like a blog last year about he almost came back and he thought about it. And Joey Janela was one of the people who um, really influenced him to wanting to come back and uh, had him right on the edge of his seat thinking about it and this and that. Uh, the fact that, honestly, that he's toying with this thing, with the Chinese food thing, and he's dressing like a pizza guy and taking a couple of bumps and this and that, I think if Nick Mondo's going to be in and around the ring, even just playing around, the itch is going to get to him, and I think you're going to see Nick Mondo back. Um, again, I'm just speculating because I don't fucking know, you know, what goes through his mind, but he kind of hinted that, like, he was having that itch to begin with. So he's, if he's even, like, toying in the realm of it, And, you know, he gets a couple months off or he's not doing movie stuff and he gets the right phone calls and, you know, I I don't know. I I could personally see it happening. It wouldn't shock me to death if he did. Um, My thoughts on MLJ getting into the ring. All right. Um, This is just, I mean, classic example of anyone is allowed to just play wrestler these days. Um, Anyone that just, they can stop by a fucking school, you know, do a couple things here and there, whatever the case is, and you know, any anyone can play fucking wrestler. You don't have to be gifted at anything. You don't have to be talented. You don't have to be able to like close your mouth over your teeth. Like you, you don't have to really do anything impressive. You can just fucking show up and you can just be a wrestler because you feel like it. And uh, that that's what. You I know, mean, I'm not gonna go into a whole anti MLJ tirade again, but um, yeah. I mean, that's what it is. So um the R. Kelly situation. Man, I don't. this fucking dude's off the chain. I mean, look, this fucking guy had fucking child sex charges on him and dropped probably the biggest album of his fucking career with a song that revolved around him telling a bitch, let me put my key in your ignition. That's how he fucking responded to I have sex charges against me. He didn't even fucking... He didn't stutter. He didn't hesitate. He just dropped fucking ignition. Like, that's normal shit for people to say. So, uh, look, man. If you... This is some some of that OJ shit. I mean... You can't be surprised when a motherfucker walks into the hotel with a gun after... As far as we know, for the most part, he might've got off, but he may or may not have cut his ex-wife's head almost off. And then some shit happens with his memorabilia and he walks in there with a fucking gun. I mean, it's one of those kind of, let's, uh, I mean, let's, uh, consider the source. So now they're saying R. Kelly might be like holding the chick hostage. But then she's saying, like, no, 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 I'm good, I'm good. But the parents are like, nah, she she ain't allowed out that house. Like, I I don't know. It's wild shit, but come on, man. It's R. Kelly. This is the type of shit that we're allowing this fucking cat to get away with, you know? He's running around, child sex charges, pissing on chicks, and then just dropping him a song that's, that's, that's like fucking audio porno. And motherfuckers are running around to his shit, like, <laughs> that's my shit right there. I mean, it is what it is. Um, let me see. Favorite CZW venue? Um, I really like Champs. Um, Champs just had that fucking gritty fucking feel. Um, the arena, when we first went to the arena, and I mean, we as fans, not like we, like I'm part of CZW, I'm not fucking David Russell. Um, when CCW went to the arena, and we're talking, you know, O2 shit, I, they, went to, they went to the arena for Cage of Death 3, but then, you know, their first year in the arena, we're talking O2, was my favorite fucking year, um, because it was just fucking, the leash came off, it was like Howard Stern going to Sirius. You know what I mean? Like, all those years of being held back, being told what to do, having this restriction, having that restriction, suddenly they could do whatever the fuck they want. And there was no rope barbed wire, and there was light tubes, and there was fire, and there was fucking everything. So, I mean, for that reason, you know, I have a real nostalgic feel about Champ Soccer Arena because of what it was. The level that the fucking Viking Hall... And in my opinion, that shit became the CZW arena because they ran in there for longer than ECW did. ECW might have built that house, but CZW bought the motherfucker and built additions onto that motherfucker and, you know, hosted enough parties in there that people remember it as CZW arena, in my opinion, again. This is just me as a CCW biased fan. Um, I felt after the run that they had there, it was deservingly that. It's something completely different now. But at the time, that became the fucking, the joint. So, I got to go with Viking Hall, New Alhambra, ECW, CCW, Swanson, Rittner, fucking, that joint. Just because of of that 0-2... Heading forward from their era, Um, obviously, you know there there became a point where it wasn't quite as cool and shit started to lose its its aura. But that early 2000s fucking arena with CZW in it was just unmatchable, just fucking unmatchable. The the possibilities were endless for where they were doing spots, what they were doing. They could randomly spring. All sorts of shit. Even after light tubes came off the table, they were still able to do panes of glass and barbed wire and tacks and fire. And I mean, and then, you know, you went forward from fucking like what they were doing there in 02, you know, and then, you know, full fucking, just full force. I mean, to go 02 into 03, you got fucking Cage of Death 4. Was one of the best one-on-one fucking cage of deaths ever. The the lead up to that with Zandig and Lobo was just incredible. And they followed that with Cage of Death 5, which was the best multi-man cage ever. The best structure ever. I mean just just insane. In fucking insane. So I mean yeah you can't beat that. You just fucking can't. Um and, of course, to hear my thoughts on the juice. And I, I did. I I did mention the OJ thing. Uh, look, the thing is, is I think he killed her. I mean, I think he killed them. I mean, come on. I, I think for the most part, everybody thinks that or, or believes that. And he was gonna like write a book that said like I I killed them or if I did <laughs> I didn't kill them but if I did here's how or <laughs> some kind of crazy shit like that hypothetically speaking I'm have killed kill but <laughs> like I forget what they called the book it was something fucking wild and obnoxious like that look you know the target was on his back so when they caught him up in this shit he ran it up in there like his fucking pulp fiction <laughs> with a fucking gun for for a football helmet or whatever the fuck he needed back. Um yeah you know, they once they got charges on them, they wanted them to do fucking they wanted them to do time for the fucking murders on a different charge, and that just wasn't gonna happen. I mean, it really wasn't. I heard some shit leading up to the final week um you know before he got paroled that um they were trying to keep him in because they said they caught him they caught him beating off once, so that was that was an infraction. And then they caught him uh, eating a cookie one time. And I was like, like he wasn't supposed to have that cookie. It was like in the courtroom or something. <laughs> it's like, come on, man, you guys are trying to give this fucking guy life over some shit that wasn't the shit that he should have got life for. So they fucked up on the first case and then they try to, you know, pin it to the second case. I mean, yeah, look, I mean, if you believe he killed the fucking people and I do, he should fucking rot in prison. But, that's I mean that's not that's not what he got fucking nailed for. It's it's going to be what it's going to be, I guess. So so he's out. There's that. Um Yeah, I think that's it. That's it for the the questions, topics, all of this. Um so yeah, let me let me take my other break. And then I'll come back and I'll get into this on point wrestling uh situation. Cause I got a lot of thoughts on this I, I don't I'm not I'm not too fucking Pleased about this bullshit That goes on But
0: Alright Alright
2: I'm wow. a boy in the trap of 17, drinking 7-Up, seven I'm gonna mature with the spot, young black, apologetic, unpolished, bet there'll never be another one solid, as I am, cause hey. I am down to put this iron down and go, one-on-one with anyone who wanna go, nighty like pajamas, soldier life, hut one, show you right, that don't mean snap the ball, that mean it's a gat involved, went from packing basketball, hey. to packing all the pockets in my jacket full of packs of raw, laughing with the bitches, looking
0: at and laughing at the law, capping with my niggas with the mama jokes, oh lordy, yo mama rode over a dollar, made four quarters, get money, uh! One, two, three, I'm probably knocking at your door Y'all should let it say Do it Mama telling me it's for my own good Angel on my shoulder saying don't do it Devil said do it Out all night I'm out all night Temptations I think I'm gonna do, do it Out all night I'm out all night Temptations I think I'm gonna do it, gonna do do it. Streets calling out my name Like attenders at school yeah, he bad, I
2: can finish that for you The Mac, sending back the cube Crack in the baggy, ooh, that's a group Riding past the pastor with the baggy suit Muslims on the corner with the bag of fruit Booty bitches pushing strollers with the attitude We know why you got an attitude, so we not asking you We just want to hit it without hearing what the daddy do Every fly card ride by his motivation Every broken home is separated by correlation Yesterday we played tackle in the I-formation Now today I'm in the crack house And it's I-formulate, get money I want to uh. tell do your door.
0: y'all should let it say do it. do it. Mama telling me it's for my own good. Angel on my shoulder saying don't do what Devil said do it. Out all night, I'm out all night. Temptations, I think I'm gonna do it. Out all night, I'm out.
1: All right, let's get it. Um, on Point Wrestling put on a show this past weekend. Uh, you know, highlighted by uh, Tony Deppin up against uh, his buddy uh, D- Jeff Cannonball, which you know, I'm sure, you know, being actual friends and having that type of chemistry, I'm sure they killed it. Um, then you also got um, it was an open challenge by G Raver answered by Danny Havoc. Soon to retire, Danny Havoc and Nick Gage returning to on-point wrestling. So I'm sure they fucking slaughtered it in that fucking building. All right. Now, you're not hearing much about those things. You're not hearing too much about those things at all. What you did hear coming out of this show, more than anything, was, all right, let me just read the, um, the post by Colin West. And I fucking had it on my screen. And then I. Then I fucked it up. I get it. I get it. I get it. Went into rest mode. All right. Uh, He posts feeling amused. Hey, on point wrestling fans. Super sweet faggot chant tonight. Thanks for ruining the nights of any LGBT fans in attendance. Oh, and thanks for slashing my rear left tire slow leak took almost the full two hour drive to flatten out keep proving why you're the rectal cancer of wrestling fans i get paid to be a douche but some of y'all take the cake in real life opw is a class promotion that deserves class from its patrons okay now let me fucking let me be um a little bit more um let me explain a little bit more of what actually happened because I wasn't there, but I got reports from people who fucking work there. People who were fans. I mean, you fit like 120 fucking people in that building. If you tried hard enough, you could probably get an interview out of everybody who fucking went, you know what I mean? Um, like, like I, I quickly fucking shot a message. Like, so who was yelling faggot (laughs) and got answers. Like seriously got answers. And Captain Dave was one of the people yelling faggot. So, um, all right, l- l- let me put it this way. The dude came out there in a pink suit. He's an openly homosexual dude. He came out there in a pink suit and yelled at female fans that trolls like them are the reason he fucks guys. Okay? Well, that prompted faggot chants. Alright, well here's here's how this goes there's, there's a large double standard Towards people who decide That their actors They get to say whatever the fuck they want The fans Who On most accounts we ask Well not we The wrestlers, wrestling promoters Wrestling In general Asks them to play along With the heel face uh, gimmick Um, wrestling as a whole asks them to play along and hate the guys who are bad guys and to like the guys that are good guys and to clap along with the people and boo the other guys so in their own right the fans are asked to play a certain role as well now personally i don't like playing a fucking role like uh i think steve harvey said he said uh you know i went to a rap concert they started telling me put your hands in the air put your hands in the air somebody say ho be like i ain't putting my hands no goddamn way i pay 85 dollars to get in this bitch you put your fucking hands in the air (laughs) i ain't come here to do work you know that's kind of how I feel. Um you know, I, I've participated in the past and this and that. But the most of my participation has always been fucking getting excited because something excited me. Um showing support for people who are earning my support. Not the guy walks out and fucking yells chant my name and and the guys like all right, I guess we'll do that then and and then they'll wrestle at some point. Um so A lot is expected out of the fans, but then they try to pull the reins back and go, no, no, you conduct yourself like you're in church, and I can be the biggest asshole I could possibly dream up, and you're not allowed to offend me. Well, you're a fucking asshole, because bottom line is, you were using your sexual preference as a weapon in your insults. I fuck guys because, you know, because you, you're fucking ugly, you know? And I mean, someone's going to pull like the fucking sound clip from that, but you know, <laughs> that should be completely out of context. No Beckham. Um, so anyway, um, you're using that as a weapon. And then when someone turns around and yells faggot at you, now it's a hate crime, you know? Um so I, I mean we could just keep going down the road. We could just keep uh, every time someone chants you fat fuck, well that's body shaming. That's that's body judging. That's that's not fair either. They shouldn't mention the person's weight. That's terrible. That's such an attack. You know, why are we chanting that you fucked up? I mean they tried their hardest. They you can't tell me fucked up. I mean he tried. It's not fair. Um, But bottom line is wrestling. See, this is the society trying to sanitize fucking everything. And the comments just immediately roll in. How dare you fucking. I want to fight this fucking person. You know, fuck this person. It's 2017. And you're still using that word. I mean, I use the word all the time. I, you know, I don't fucking do anything that would uh, hold down gay people who would, uh, that would physically hurt gay people or or do something that that should hinder their life. Words only fucking hold the power you give them. That's it. If I call you, like they used to say, sticks and stones may break my bones, or words that never hurt me. And this and that, yeah. If you're the type of motherfucker to attack someone who is gay, to fucking physically attack someone because they're gay, well, then, then that's a fucking problem. If someone calls you a name and you melt down and can't fucking move on with life, well, then that's I think that's your problem. And, you know, look, obviously it holds a different amount of weight if you're running around and fucking, you know, uh, fucking target and you're yelling at fucking faggot at people. I mean, (laughs) you should probably get yourself looked at, and someone should probably put a stop to what you're up to. But we're talking about within the realm of entertainment, and this is a guy who is uh, legitimately gay, but he's also really playing up a gay character, and he's throwing it at fans. So they're now supposed to go, well, I guess that's your decision to have sex with uh, men because I'm ugly. Well... I guess that's, I guess that's, uh, I guess that's the hand I'm dealt. Good, good call, sir. (laughs) Like, what the fuck do you expect to happen? You understand that, like, I mean, you can go way, way back where heels were getting fucking stabbed on their way out of the fucking buildings. Obviously, that's not the way to go. But, you know, in the arena, I mean, fuck. And, you know, and before that, in champs and Um, Trent's a faggot Got chanted pretty much every time Trent acid ever wrestled Um, Cashmere sucks dick Was yelled before we even knew The cashmere legitimately sucked dick And those guys fucking took it in stride. And some of the same people that were yelling Trent's a faggot were hanging out with Trent outside of the fucking building in the parking lot, laughing, fucking joking. Oh dude, I loved your match. This and that. But when it came to the fucking, the gimmick in the building, he was yelling, you're a faggot, you fucking faggot, you know? and, And that was just, it was all right. Not, not because, Oh fuck, it was 2004 and that's, you know, centuries and centuries before uh, th- the mighty year of 2017 that we've evolved to such fucking fantastic human beings Like, get the fuck out of here. You know, I-, I just, I can't fucking stomach that everyone's so fucking sensitive, but will openly say like, I get paid to be a fucking asshole, but you guys are real life at like, what the fuck is that? I, I don't understand. You know, Kenny Omega um, is rumored to be gay, Uh, has long been rumored to be gay. He's also, in my opinion, the best wrestler on the fucking planet. I don't think anyone yells faggot at that guy while he's wrestling. At least I haven't heard any widespread yelling of faggots. Uh, But I think if he ran around in fucking pink suits and yelled, I fuck guys at the fucking chicks in in, in the crowd. Because you're fucking ugly He'd probably get a couple faggot chants too It's just It's such a fucking double standard That you go from You know um, You go from the attacker To hate crime victim Maybe you don't belong doing this shit If that's the case Where you think you could just fucking swing a bat around the building And if someone grabs from you And fucking bonks you on the head Now you're, you're fucking suing And then the other side of things, you know, really solidifies how much of a fucking asshole I think this guy is, how much of an attention-seeking asshole that this fucking guy is, is the final statement of someone slashed my tire and it took almost the two-hour drive home for it to flatten. Well, I hate to fucking break it to you, dude, but slashing the tire doesn't leave fucking air in your tire for two hours. I don't think someone slow leaked your fucking tire, like intentionally threw a slow two hour leak on your tire as a fucking hate crime. I've gotten, we've gotten fucking holes in our tires. We caught a screw in our tire, like two different times in the same fucking week. And that wasn't a hate crime either. We just happened to drive in a spot where there was fucking screws at twice. That wasn't just like, Oh fuck. Someone must be out to get me. Like, no, like, you drove over a fucking nail or fucking screws just like anybody else did. I, I had no idea that anytime you got a slow leak in your tire, clearly a hate crime. Like, the first thing you should do is if you go, like, man, my tire's low on air, you should go, who's out to get me? It, it, like, <laughs> real life doesn't even fucking apply to you anymore because you're such a fucking asshole. You get to be a big fucking super asshole but that's part of your character. And then if anything in life happens to you, that's just a hate crime because you were pretending to be an asshole. No, you are a real life asshole. You're a real life attention seeking asshole. That's what the fuck you are. And I don't give a fuck who doesn't like what I'm saying, but the brigade of people who are like, you fuck, I can't believe someone's saying that in 2006, get over yourself, fucking get over yourself. Captain Dave is the classic wrestling fan. That's the best way I could put that. You can do your job as a wrestler, as a manager, as whatever, and get that fucking guy as into the show as you could possibly imagine. You could do face shit and have that guy coming out of his fucking skin in excitement. You could do heel shit and have him fucking livid. That's what you guys did. So when you see the reaction coming out of Captain Dave where he's yelling faggot, that's not just random fucking hate crime like he's got hate in his blood and hates homosexuals and this and that. Not what I would label Captain Dave as. But that's the reaction that you gained out of him with your extreme efforts yelling that your fucking guys into the crowd, into the hundred and fucking twenty people in the fucking crowd... That's what you earned. You earned that fucking reaction. You know, when when fucking the heels would get fucking stabbed in Mexico and shit. They fucking got the crowd that fucking livid where shit like that happened. And luckily, you know, you're not in that era anymore or anything like that. But this is the type of shit that happens. I, I, I can't fucking understand why there's such a tremendous hypocritical bullshit argument where, you know, and this was a dude that a while back he had posted this whole tirade about Sonny kiss. Now look, Sonny kiss is a tremendously talented wrestler. Um, he also has a ridiculous gimmick and it's a way over the top fucking gimmick. Um, he, you know, he's a legitimate homosexual, but, If you have a dude in booty shorts that spends half the match twerking, you're not just gonna get like a oh this gentleman's a fine dancer you're going to get fucking wrestling fans laughing at this fucking dude. And, and Colin posted a whole fucking tirade about the shit's not funny. It's his, it's his life. It's not a gimmick and people need to take him seriously. Oh well, dude. Again, he's not a Kenny Omega who may be gay. And, and again, I don't know for sure that this guy's gay. I mean, if he's not, I, you know, I, I stand corrected, but from the best of my understanding, the dude has been rumored to be gay for a long time. And even when asked about it, he kind of like shies away from it. Like, you know, that's, that's not really that important. Like that's, uh, has nothing to do with, you know, my wrestling, you know, whether I am or I'm not, you know, it's, uh, but yeah, let's just say, you know, fucking Kenny Omega. He's, he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. I think he's the best wrestler in the world. He just goes out there and fucking kills it. Now, if he went out there in fucking booty shorts and started twerking all over the fucking ring, the fans are going to laugh at that fucking guy, too. I mean, that's just what it is when they had the fucking, uh, who was that guy? Uh, Cole Calloway. He had it over the top gimmick like that, too. And he, he didn't take the stance of, like, people should be taking me seriously. That fucking um uh, Dan Shoko Dino. Isn't that his fucking name? Something like that. Um, from Japan. He has one of the gayest gimmicks on the planet is a hundred percent steered towards comedic value. Not like, oh, this guy's fucking Dean Malenko. He just happens to be gay. Like uh, there is a comedic factor to a gay openly over the top gay wrestler. That's that's what it is, the Christopher Street connection. Go down the fucking line, and you can just try to spin this into some kind of Neanderthal. It's 2017. A guy can't be gay in booty shorts and twerking. And no, no, you can't just fucking look. If someone, if a female is that openly sexual in public, people are gonna fucking laugh and point. Just the behavior in general isn't even that openly acceptable, just in fucking public or and shit like that. So regardless of a dude or this and that, it's the type of thing that's gaining attention and it's meant to gain attention. I don't think Sonny's fucking blind to that. And if people are hating on him as far as like a, you know, not booking him or or making like, you know, fucked up comments about him, you know, on on a personal level, then that's fucked up and that's completely different. But a, a good part of this, this same dude statement, this Colin West dude statement was, there's nothing funny about what he's out there doing. Well, you're fucking stupid then. You're stupid, and you're trying to fucking bait people into being called bigots, and it's not legitimate. A lot of what you fucking say isn't legitimate. No one slashed your fucking tire. You earned being called a faggot as crazy and as... as. Um, as outdated as that sounds to a bunch of fucking people, if you're a heel manager and you're screaming, I fuck guys because you're so ugly at fucking female wrestling fans and someone calls you a faggot, it's not a fucking hate crime. That's part of the fucking game that you fucking started. You started that shit. You showed up to fucking rile up the fucking crowd and you got exactly the fucking reaction that you fucking went for. And then you turned it into more attention for yourself Following that, instead of people talking about Danny Havoc, Nick Gage, and G Raver, er, or Cannonball, and fucking um, Tony Deppin, they were more talking about what an outrage it was that someone said faggot to you in 2017. And that's why, to me, you're a complete fucking asshole. I deleted this dude after the fucking Sunny Kiss tirade because I looked at it and rolled my eyes and went, What the fuck is this guy what is this guy's fucking problem? He, he added me initially cause I don't even know who the fuck he is. I, I couldn't pick him out of a lineup. I don't know who the fuck he is. I've heard his name a few times. I believe he's friends with cannonball on those guys. Um, uh, he runs, I think a company out in New York or something. And, um, and, and I just deleted him. Cause like, I, I don't want to hear this dude's high and mighty fucking opinion on, You know, how he feels people should conduct themselves and what year it is and and what's acceptable and not acceptable and this and that. You know, like society is going out of their fucking way to sanitize every fucking thing. Uh, Comedy has to be you got to watch what you say. You got comedians making fucking apologies left and right and and this and that because now all of a sudden what they say offended someone. The majority of comedy is based off of saying offensive things to lighten the mood of things that are terrible. To lighten the mood of things that are fucking a down on society that are, you know, I mean, you just look at like I mean, Eddie Murphy one of the greatest fucking stand-ups of all time. He only did a couple specials. He had, uh, I think, uh, Comedian, I think, was his, was his first one that wasn't really uh, aired much. Doesn't get a lot of play. Uh, yeah, Delirious and yet Raw. And, you know, he came out there, and, like, the first thing he said is, I'm going to keep moving around on the stage because I want you faggots looking at my ass. And I understand that was a long time ago and this and that, but to think... That quick fucking comedic line that had everybody fucking laughing and everything like that, that is just taboo. You can't say that anymore in 2017 because you must hate gay people and want them to die. Like, no, that's not – I don't give a fuck it. I mean, if that's the crazy-ass stance you're going to take, then we're just not going to be friends. I don't care. I can say any fucking word I could possibly think of and live a life where I fucking – Don't treat people like shit. I don't, you know, I I love my children. I teach them the right way of doing things. I don't teach them to say any of these words or any of that. I, 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 you know what I mean? Like this, that's not... To me, I don't, I don't think that just labels you as someone who's going to fucking drag people down the street by your car or some crazy shit like that. Yeah, there's people who do that. And yeah, those people might say the same fucking words. That doesn't mean you're in the same fucking category because terrible people say this. And then you said the thing that the terrible person said. So you must be terrible. Like, nah, I don't do. not dude. you are going to need to learn the difference because you can put that defensive stance up. And as I walk by you and nothing happens Eventually, after the 10th time I walk by you and nothing happens Maybe eventually you're going to stop flinching And just live your fucking life You know, if you hear a word And it doesn't a fucking affect you at all The word holds no power If you curl up Into a fucking fetal position And start calling lawyers Your whole fucking, your whole day is changed Maybe your whole week, maybe your month Maybe your life is changed Because you're letting it hold that fucking weight on you like seriously, like if you hear that word in a in a comedy bit, or if you hear that word, just said by someone in public, I mean, y- you know, there's the type of people who will go to the manager of the fucking store and be like, "That guy over there said, yes, he's that faggot," and I don't feel comfortable shopping in a store where you're allowing people to shop here that said the word, you know, or you could just keep it fucking rolling. Yeah, I mean, just keep it fucking moving. I mean, I. I don't understand where everyone needs to get so fucking hung up on every single thing that's said and done. Um, I, I, I'll never understand that. And I just, I feel like this was drawing attention to something that wasn't a, it wasn't an issue. It was completely facilitated by his own actions. So, um, you know, I mean, you know, Stanley, the, the, uh, half homeless dude or mostly homeless dude. uh, he uh, used to stumble into the fucking arena. I'd say like half homeless just because like he surely didn't look like he had a home, but he somehow had like entrance fees for a on a monthly basis. I don't know how that worked. Maybe he like panhandled until he got 20 bucks and then just got in the building. But like the dude spent like a lot of months, like front row too sometimes. So, but anyway, like, he would, like, yell fucking camel jockey at Sanjay and shit like that. And, you know, like, all sorts of crazy shit. You know, um, Sanjay didn't, like, go home, fucking ponder that and fucking, you know, go on fucking blogs and tirades about how, you know, uh, indie fans are racially insensitive. And he he's apologizes to anyone in attendance who you know was offended by that anyone who who might be of middle eastern descent that that could have been offended and turned off by that cuz honestly if you're going to pretend like these people yelling faggot ruined wrestling for people who were lgbt in attendance maybe you shouldn't be walking around the ring yelling shit um using your your sexual preference as an attack against people because you're lighting the fucking fuse that goes off, and now you're complaining about the the actual explosive. You know what I mean? I, I feel like you're you're as much to blame for that shit as as anybody is. You know what I mean? Like like when the backseat boys go out there and they're being called faggots and this and that, and the fans because they collected dollars on the fucking ringside, well the fans that didn't like them started throwing change at them. And Johnny would get on the mic or Trent would get on the mic and say, you throw one more piece of change in here and we're getting the fuck out of here. It sounded like fucking hail in that fucking building. You had to like duck your fucking head because those fucking, those pennies came flying across like fucking bullets. There's certain things you could do as a heel. You know what the fuck's going to happen next. And, I don't think it's, I don't think he's being naive. I don't think he's being, I think he's fucking baiting people in. Cause he knows the reaction he's going to get. And then he's going to get more attention and he's even getting it right now, but fuck it. I don't give a fuck. I got to speak my opinion on his shit. Cause I just don't fucking agree with it. Um, check out the show on Sunday. I believe we'll be doing yes. Yeah, Sunday. That's the ticket. Uh, with Shaheen. Man, you got to see the shit that Shaheen did. He put down his fucking banner for us for our Sunday show. He made one, two for mine. Um, And, uh, yeah, just awesome shit. He does great fucking graphic work. And, uh, you know, if if you're looking to commission him for something like that, maybe hit him up. Maybe he will be interested in your project. Uh, But, yeah, check out the Hot Tag Podcast. They're doing a thing over there tomorrow night. I almost said tonight because it always feels like Wednesday when I'm doing this uh tomorrow night and uh I'm sure they're gonna be doing some shit. Uh WWE pay per view happened over the weekend, I believe. I think the great Kali came back. So lots of lots of talk about that. You fucking sure about that. Uh is on Saturday. So Shaheen's gonna have that in the books to talk about on Sunday, as well as all the other things that I'm sure some of these topics I hit tonight we're gonna have conversations about. Um, so It'll be great. Uh I had a great, great time doing the show with him. Definitely going to continue to
2: keep rolling on this.
1: So, you know, you get mostly two shows a week, just about every week. And um, so, yeah, that's that. Check out Sports Den over there. I believe they're doing a show tomorrow night, uh, covering lots of different things. You know uh football's right around the corner, but we're gonna pretend like it's not because it's still summer, man. I'm not losing my fucking summer um actually, in about a w- about two weeks, I get to go see Bill Burr again, at the fucking uh Count Basie theater. I'm excited for that um but yeah, I got my tat tomorrow as big shit that's why I was doing the thing today. um I said, check out, check out all that other shit I said um. I should be back here next Wednesday doing a thing too. Coming up soon, I I believe I'm going to be having Stevie Richards on as a guest. Uh, my boy Jeremy hit me up said, "Look man, you you should listen to Stevie on this podcast because I think you guys are really you know um you got a lot in common. You know, he, he's a he's a cat lover and uh, fitness enthusiast, and he, you know turned his life around and type of shit." So I listened to the podcast and, and, um, I mean the podcast itself, I mean, these, these guys were like the biggest fucking nerds on the planet. Um, just the type of shit that I really can't listen to. So as like hosts and the way that they run the show, it's it's fucking nauseating to me, but Stevie himself seemed fucking awesome. I mean, the dude is is a very interesting guy. He's very into the conspiracy theories type stuff. And I'm really not because, you know, kind of like my theory on, uh, on people saying words and letting it get to you and shit like that, I, I choose to just keep it fucking moving. You could dwell on shit. Your fucking clock is ticking, man. We we don't have forever on this fucking planet. So if you find a bunch of shit to really upset and scare you, um, that shit's taking, that's taking minutes off your motherfucking clock. And we don't know when that fucking shit stops ticking. I don't know how big the battery is in my fucking clock and neither do you. So I sure as fuck ain't gonna spend it worrying about what the fuck kind of shit they're doing to the vegetables, or what Russia thinks of us, or whether we landed on the fucking moon or not. I'll go fuck. I'm just gonna keep it moving. Um. So that's just me. But a lot of people are into that type of thing. He's very knowledgeable about that. They do a lot of research. I think Sal from the FBI and a couple other people they do on their podcast, and um, they go really in depth in a lot of these conspiracy theories and stuff. And you know do a lot of research um so you know he does that thing he's also a tech expert so he does like he owns a drone and he does like drone photography and uh he's really into all sorts of different tech uh technology and you know gadgets and all that type of stuff and has done like blogs and shows and and shit like this about you know tech shit like he does videos on that um yeah like i said he's he's a he's a cat lover um he does some kind of, uh, Patreon thing where, uh, you, you pay whatever I think it's $5 a month or some shit like this. And, uh, you get like fitness regiments, uh, you know, you get like all these, these fitness regiments and, and lineups to really, you, you know, uh, you know, uh, to train to fucking fitness exercise, fucking at the gym that that all that type of stuff. So I don't really know what all that entails. Uh, I look forward to talking to him about all this stuff. I, uh, I hit him up after I listened to that podcast, and he seemed completely down to do it. So I'm, I'm looking to schedule that, you know, within the next week or so. So hopefully I look forward to talking to Stevie Richards, man. That dude has been fucking everywhere, done everything, and he's doing so many fucking exciting things or, you know, interesting things in his life. So I think he should be a really good conversation. Seems like a great dude. And, uh, yeah, something to look forward to. I haven't done interviews for a minute. So, uh, maybe I go on another run of those and maybe just, see. we'll see what happens. But anyway, um, let me, uh, you know, I could have been looking for the, uh, outro the whole time. Couldn't I? That's right. Not going to happen. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, uh, you know, that that's pretty much it. I, uh, yeah, tat tomorrow, check everything else out Talk to you motherfuckers later Booge. Talk to y'all later
0: Have a nice night Stay dry It's raining again I'm Tired as rain Makes the grass green I won't complain about that That's all I gotta say I'm out of here. I love all of y'all, and, uh, shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You've been in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I'll listen to your, to your podcast, and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers. Let's say that's the bad guy. Well, so, what am I make you? Good. Like, Jesus tell me, tells me all the time to listen to what you, you gotta say because you keep blazing people. And I'm like, well, I gotta hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide. I'm Me, I don't have that fun. Me, I always tell a truth. Even when I lie. The accuse a Chick Radio. Jesus! So, say goodnight to the bad guy. I'm gonna tell you something straight of the motherfucking breath. I ain't coming for no food.